I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Welcome to All Things Policy. I am Bharat Sharma, and in this episode of All Things Policy, I and Rosaya Neil. who is an Australian researcher speak about the India Australia bilateral relationship welcome to all things policy josiah thanks very much prayal it's good to be here we'll speak about the india australia relationship primarily from perspective of defense as well as critical technology since former prime minister morrison's visit to india the relationship between the two countries have been upgraded to a comprehensive strategic partnership what that means and what kind of implications that has had for defense between the two countries i think that's something that an interesting works for an interesting kind of area of discussion so firstly we'll discuss about what primarily is driving the relationship forward so what what kind of interests do each of the countries see in in so for example what is australia's interest in india and what is india's interest in australia and before before josiah kind of takes up the australia side or the australia pov um just briefly mentioning what the india's what india's interest is so there's great convergence between india and australia regarding what they see the future of the indo-pacific both countries see that the indo-pacific is kind of the primary region uh, in terms of geopolitics and geostrategy and a lot of interest has has recently been invested in in the indo-pacific so because there is convergence in that way that drives policy that drives politics that drives this this converge of interest between partners in in both countries would you like to add anything else to what you see as as this convergence between interests Yes, so I think uh, what you said is uh, exactly right. It's uh, about ensuring a free, open, inclusive and resilient Indo-Pacific. That's definitely Canberra's point of view and I think that's the commonality that they share with New Delhi. I think in addition to that, you know, what's underlying that sort of need for open Indo-Pacific is concerns about Chinese military build-up, concerns about, you know, their influence in the region and we've seen definitely on the Australian side a refocus to Uh, securing their immediate neighborhood so that's the Indo-Pacific region there's no more Australian presidents in places like the Middle East or you know in other overseas missions or operations it's been very much refocused back um onto Australia and its immediate surrounds yeah and i think also think that you know when you mentioned that the chinese threat or the chinese aggressiveness in the region has brought these two countries together i think there's a lot 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 to say there because as we know in 2008 australia exited the quad partnership because of concerns from from the chinese and when australia rejoined in 2020 there was primarily a kind of a a, a mutual kind of threat that india and australia saw with respect to Chinese aggressiveness and i think that this kind of concept of i mean the convergence on 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 the idea of free and open indo pacific i think what underlies that is china they see that 
this kind of threat that they face economically, militarily, is it drives the relationship forward. Um, so in successive kind of joint statements, and, and this is also when Prime Minister Modi and Prime Minister Albanese talked in March earlier this year, they mentioned that a free and open Indo-Pacific kind of, what, what kind of drives that, that relationship is also a free maritime rules-based order. So yeah, I think, I mean, even in defense, I mean, one of the critical kind of pillars of the relationship is defense. And within that, it, it is more so maritime defense. We saw OS Index conclude of, you know, a few weeks earlier. We saw uh, Malabar conclude a few weeks earlier. So there's also a lot of maritime cooperation that both these countries have been doing in the Indian Ocean region as well as uh, in the Western Pacific. What do you see as kind of Australia's interest in building this defense relationship forward? And are there kind of critical facets of this relationship that you'd like to mention? So it's very informative to consider Australia's defense strategic update from last year. And then more importantly, this year with the new Australian government and the defense strategic review, which basically provided a comprehensive criticism of the current posture of the Australian Defense Force. And we saw in the defense strategic review, the second mention of the Eastern Indian Ocean area, which Australia obviously has a coastline that borders the Indian Ocean there. And I think that the importance for Australia on that front is primarily protecting trade routes for its primary exports. So Western Australia is a large resources hub. That's where iron ore, coal, rare earth elements of which Australia is one of the largest suppliers outside of China. And that's where all of those sort of minerals and resources are mined and then exported to large Asian markets. And so it's partly about protecting those economic interests. And of course, there's the the Eastern Indian Ocean is I guess, a staging ground for a lot of the marine traffic that moves through Singapore, the Malacca Straits and the Straits of Singapore. And so those important choke points from a strategic point of view, what you want to have a force posture that's close by in case there is some kind of threat to, I guess, resource security or economic security. So I think that that's definitely one facet that we've seen emerge very recently in Australia's interests. The other interest, the other primary area where Australia's really stepped up its focus is in the Pacific. So the new Albanese government has initiated a Pacific step-up program. They've made a point of reigniting a lot of their diplomatic ties with the Pacific Islands. Foreign Minister Penny Wong made an effort to visit every Pacific Island nation once she was, uh, once their government came into power. And I think that's also, you know, back to what we were talking about, Chinese aggressiveness. It's primarily just about countering that kind of influence in the region with the obvious concern being um, the security cooperation agreement that the Solomon Islands signed with China. I think that was definitely a bit of a shock for Australian foreign policy professionals. And so this is a bit of a response to that development. And we see the Solomon Islands continuing to sort of drift towards China, but Australia is looking to hope, uh, hoping that that doesn't happen and looking to make sure that that doesn't happen with its other Pacific neighbours. And of course, a lot of this is in part driven by the United States as Australia's closest security ally, as they have been for a long time as well. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, I think it's, it's I think the, the Albanese visit to India, I think was also remarkable because we had a bunch of kind of we discussed how India and Australia can perhaps co-produce defense manufacturing in India. There was a lot of discussion about critical minerals, a lot of discussion about 
critical technology. And I think that uh, the mutual logistics agreement that both countries signed in 2020, that kind of paved way for maritime cooperation within the Indian Ocean region, as well as, I mean, now it's expanding to the Pacific. Um, For instance, we saw that Indian maritime patrol aircraft visited Darwin. We saw that the Australian maritime patrol aircraft visited Goa as well as, you know, bases in Tamil Nadu. So that's been building a lot of interoperability between these two militaries and and it's expanding their geographic reach. For example, now we see that the Northeast Indian Ocean region is of interest to Australia and the Western Pacific is somewhere that India hopes to kind of expand its reach. So in that sense, I think MDA is something that, that both countries have been kind of cooperating on. As you know, I mean, in the Indian Ocean region, India kind of sees itself as a regional security provider. So that's one area where there's been a call from analysts that both countries can cooperate. I mean, in what sense do you see, I mean, in in what way does Australia see the Iowa region to be a priority in terms of MDA? It's definitely up there. And I would agree that the consultations that we've seen, uh, which now happen on the ministerial level between India and Australia, and underneath that, we have defense services um, consultations, we have defense policy consultations. And I think in all of these conversations, MDA in the Indian Ocean would definitely be a priority. Uh, We've seen recently as well, the Australians put that into action. They've posted their first liaison officer to India's Information Fusion Center, um, which obviously is perhaps like one of the most important pieces of infrastructure for MDA and maritime intel in the IOR. So it's definitely, the interest is definitely there and it's recent. So I think Australia is still moving into its force posture in the Indian Ocean. And I think it's in a way deferring to India because as you said, India has been the regional security provider for the region for some time. But Australia's interests in the Indian Ocean are definitely restricted or focused on that northeastern sector, which is most important. But uh, I know that for India, it's definitely a more broader concern about the entire region. What would you say about that? Definitely. I mean, as I said, India's thought of itself as a regional security provider. The Saga policy that Prime Minister Modi floated, security and growth for all in the region, that aims at kind of combating a range of issues like piracy, you know, maritime security, doing more HADR activity in the sense, you know, learning how to work with governments to for humanitarian and disaster-related events. So that's something that India has has assumed, you know, the, the role that it has assumed is, has, has historically kind of played a part. And I see that Australia, where, where Australia kind of comes in, is that obviously the Indian Ocean region is a large region to work with. And there are partners that India hopes to work with. So one of them is Australia. There are multiple others like France, for example, there's EU that's that works through the IOC, for example, the Indian Ocean Commission. So definitely, I think the Indian Ocean region is an important kind of area for India and Australia. And it hopes to kind of work with Australia in specific sectors like the Northeastern Indian Ocean. Now, obviously, I think within the maritime domain, as we discussed, the IOR is one region, but the other is the Pacific Islands, the Pacific. So we saw that Malabar actually took place. Australia hosted the Malabar this year and deployments from India were able to achieve a geographic kind of expansion because they were able to operate off the eastern coast of Australia. How do you see the Pacific as an area of collaboration between the two countries? I mean, obviously, there's a lot to say there because as you know, with the recent visit of Prime Minister Modi 
to the Pacific Islands to Fiji this year, where he discussed technology, where he discussed maritime cooperation, where he discussed geopolitics. There's a lot on on the plate when it comes to India and the Pacific. And India's recent, only recently been expanding to the Pacific, but how, from 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 kind of the lens of this partnership that we're discussing about, what kind of areas do you see kind of being the focus in the relationship? Obviously, you're correct. Uh, the India's engagement in the Pacific is, I would say, in its infancy. But I think the important mechanisms are there, the ethno-cultural links to Fiji, as well, the Forum for India-Pacific Islands collaboration, um, which met this year in Papua New Guinea after some time. On the defense front, I think that for the Australia-India relationship, much like we were talking about the Indian Ocean um, and India's role in that region, Australia has been the security guarantor for many of the Pacific Islands. And I think that maybe the first and foremost opportunity would be during Exercise Talisman Sabre. Uh, so that's predominantly been a US-Australia a defense joint exercise that occurs every year, but we invite other countries either to observe or to participate. And this year, we had a significant uptake in participation, especially from Pacifica countries. So Tonga, Fiji, and Papua New Guinea all had deployments who participated, and India was invited as well and chose to observe this year. So I think looking forward into the future to align with India's hope to engage more into the Pacific and extend its force posture and its influence there, Talisman Sabre is a good forum to start with by participating in that exercise, it can ensure that it has that interoperability not only with Australia and the United States, but also with the smaller regional players like Fiji, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, and so on and so forth. Stay tuned to All Things Policy. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. And I think that it's important to remember that whilst this interoperability is, you know, a laudable goal, it really has to be underscored by a continued update of our military's continued modernization. That's why the Defence Strategic Review was so welcomed in Australia, because there was a need for a capability review there, because it you know, our needs have changed. And I'm sure that the same is true uh, for the Indian military and critical technology plays a really important role in that. So what would you say India's views are on the Australia-India relationship and the role that critical technology does play and will continue to play as we expect any potential conflict to be like significantly electronic in nature? Yeah, I think before I even mention that, even just the Osman dialogue, which focused on you know consultations between the United States and Australia, I think there were pointers within the joint statement that mentioned that both kind of countries hope to work on maritime domain awareness within the Pacific. And it mentioned that they intend to work with countries like India in, in the Pacific. So I think even when we look beyond just bilateral relationships, we look at bilateral relationships like the US-Australia-India relationship, or we look at the Japan-Australia and India relationship, even those formats, we see an expansion in the maritime domain in both the Pacific and the IOR. I say the IOR because if you look at the Quad, for example, their kind of primary flagship initiative, the Indo-Pacific Maritime Domain Awareness Initiative, kind of is now intent on working with partners in the Pacific with regard to maritime security, maritime ecology, uh, and a host of other issues. But they also intend to expand 
to the Indian Ocean region. So this kind of format of the four countries and and their cooperation kind of does kind of span the Pacific and and the Indian Ocean region. Yeah, and back to your question about the role that critical technology has played between India and Australia. I think that kind of the visit of Prime Minister Morrison in 2020, I think that paved a way to kind of put the groundwork in place. So Indian Australia signed a framework agreement on cyber and cyber and enabled critical technology cooperation. And I think it kind of encompassed a lot of areas that we see are, are going to be a concern in the future. And there's, there needs to be capability enhancement. There needs to be some regulation of sorts. So just to give you a sense, I mean, there's, you know, health security, there's technology linked to an energy transition, there's sustainable infrastructure and uh, connectivity, there's space cooperation, there's cyber security. So Indian Australia hope to kind of build a partnership in these areas, which is why critical technology and emerging kind of technologies are are, are the focus of, of these, these two countries and, and will be for the future. And as you know, I mean, the, we see that there is a growing kind of interoperability between technology and defense. You know, perhaps, uh, you know, defense is not just about kind of your military's fighting. It's also about the threats you face from a digital realm. Just wondering, how do you think Australia sees this kind of interoperability? Australia definitely sees like an important uh, connect between critical technology and defense. We, in the past couple of years, have experienced in Australia some fairly significant cyber attacks, which have you know targeted large sections of the populace. Uh, some of them have been public leakages or attacks against public bodies rather, or and some have been against private bodies. But I think that we know that your defense conversation and your defense policy has to adapt to where the next threat is going to come from. And there's absolutely a view in Australia, and I think that's shared in India, those next threats are going to come somewhat or maybe predominantly through the cybersphere and critical technology plays an important part in that, especially as we see, you know, an increasingly interconnected world. And we hear that a lot, but especially now as we see the implementation of technologies like Internet of Things, self-driving vehicles. It's going to be increasingly important that these technologies are secure and resilient to hostile actors because otherwise it's going to be a very obvious attack vector for those actors. And so I think that the India-Australia partnership moving forward is hopefully going to continue to build its defense ties, but also it's going to move into that critical technology space because they're absolutely like inextricably linked and will need cooperation on both fronts to ensure the prosperity and security of you know indians and australians moving forward with that thanks so much josiah no worries thank you bert if you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can tune into them on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow ivm on social media the handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.